Welcome everyone. We know about the Hino Alenu, Masedin Kona Alenu, Masedin Konehu. We left off yesterday. Yeah. David, we're by the dot. Um, this is about. <coughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen lines from the bottom. V'David mi hayodea palgadililia emat. I got a few phone calls from people who are on our, um, on who are listening to the shiur, and they asked me if I could periodically say where we are, because if you're listening on a train, sometimes it's important to remember what, exactly where you're holding. So I will try to do that. Thank you, Ezra. I appreciate that, Ezra. V'david, says the Gemara, V'david, mi haya yodea, palga delilia emat. Emat? We had said before that David gets up at Chatzot Laila. That was bought, if you remember, as a proof before that David would get up in the middle of the night. So says the Gemara, how does David know when the middle of the night is? This is number one on our board over here. Did David know Chatzot? Hashta Moshe Rabbeinu lo haviyada. If Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know, is David going to know? Why not? Why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu know? Dekhtiv, as it says in the Pasuk, Kahatsot ha-layla ani yoseh b'mtok mitzrayim. Kahatsot means like chatsot. It doesn't say bechatsot. Right? My kahatsot. What is kahatsot? Ilema da'am lekutsha brichu kahatsot. When Moshe said kahatsot, why did he say that? If it's because Hashem told him kahatsot, and that's what he repeated to Paro, that makat pechorot is going to take place at something like Chatzot, if that's what's going on. Could it be that Hashem would say Chatzot? Hashem never has any doubts. Hashem knows Hashem's got the original atomic clock. And therefore, there's no reason why Hashem would be vague and say Chatzot. Rather, Hashem told him that it will have Chatzot. And he went, and he told Paro, it's going to happen like Chatzot. Alma, Misafkala, we see that he must have been unclear when Chatzot is. So we're asking, how could David say that he got up at Chatzot, and he didn't, David didn't say, I got up around Chatzot. How could he say that if Moshe Rabbeinu doubted himself about his ability to figure out exactly when Chatzot is, then would Moshe, would David Amelch know better than Moshe Rabbeinu? Now, why exactly David, why exactly Moshe has to say Kahatzot uh, is not so clear, because uh, technically Makapachorot happened without him. Rashi makes it sound like um, he wanted to know, be able to say to, to focus his, his words at the time when it happens. So since he can say, look, now it's happening, because he doesn't know exactly when Chatzot is, that's why he told Paro Kichatzot. Although, since it's happening by itself, it's funny, according to this shot, why Moshe Rabbeinu would have to fudge it. Let him just say Bechatzot, and it happens when it happens. Later on, the Gemara will come up with a different Chidush. At this point, it's not so, so clear. Was he saying it as a word in Tiparah? 
Yeah, he is. He's saying as a warning that you, if you don't let the Jews go, that then uh, yeah, they're going to die. But of course, is very nervous about that. <coughs> Says the Gemara. V'David havayada. V'David havayada. David understood. Could it be that David understood more than Moshe? Answers the Gemara. No. David simana havala. Right. He didn't know, but he had a way to tell when Hatzot was. The Amar of Acha Barbazina, Amar of Shimon Chasida. There was a harp that was hung above David Hamel's bed. Hashem sent a northern wind, and it plucked at the strings. And it would play on its own. He had his own wake up to music. He didn't need eye, he didn't need eye home, he could do it on his own. Right away, he would get up and learn Torah. Until the morning came. Once morning came, the, the elderly sages came to him. Your nation needs parnasa. So David responded to them, Go and get and sell things, buy and sell things to each other. They responded to him, A handful is not enough to satiate a lion. And you can't fill up a bore, a, a, a pit, from the diggings that you took out of it. It's a fact that when you have a pit and you dig a pit, and you take what you took out of the pit and put it back in the pit, it doesn't fill it up. And therefore, if we try to get Parnassah internally without uh, supplementing it from an outside, from an outside mm-hmm. source, it won't be enough. Mm-hmm. Go, send out your hands with troops. Meaning, attack other countries, conquer them, and that will bring in an influx of capital. Right away they went to ask Achitofel, later on to become notorious, but at this point he was David's number one trusted advisor. And we see that, we're going to see soon that asking him is like asking <coughs> the Urimit, I mean. Right away, the first, the first thing they do when they decide to go to war is they ask Achitofel who to attack, Rashi explains. Right? And then they go ask permission from the Sanhedrin. Rashi explains, they're asking permission for the Sanhedrin because uh, they want the Sanhedrin to approve and then yitpalel alehim. You don't go to war without having the rabbis praying for you. Similar to nowadays where we have the yeshivas in Israel who are supporting the troops in war by their learning Torah. In those days when David went to war, they would go mamlich by the Sanhedrin, in or, not because they needed to know what to do, they already had permission from David, and they already had a plan from Achitofel. But they're going to the Sanhedrin in order that they get a blessing from them, and they should pray for them while they're there. And they would ask the Urim B'tumim if they're going to succeed. Amar of Yosef, Maikra, what's the Pasuk that teaches us this? It says, what, what's the pasuk that teaches us that this is the order? Pasuk says, Oh, you forgot about that, right? It says, Oh, that's me. 
Okay, you go ahead. Listen, you can listen to your uncle. Okay? 1991. <laughs> When it says the Pasuk for Yahweh, this Sanhedrin, that's referring to the Sanhedrin. So the Pasuk, which mentions in succession, Achitofel, Benayahu, and Eviatar, is referring to the regular thing of going to war, which is the Achitofel himself, the Sanhedrin, and the Urim Betumim. Eviatar was, by the way, the famous Kohen from the time of David Amelach. So you see, fitting all in, Benyabed is a famous Sanhedrin person, <laughs> although Tosot disagrees. Um, Evyatar is the famous Kohen Gadol, and Achitofel is who he is. V'chen hu Omer, we have another Pasuk, U'banayah ben Yehuda ala kreti v'apreti. Benyabed ben Yehuda was in charge of the archers and the swordsmen. Now, the archers and the swordsmen are a hint to the Sanhedrin. Why are they called Kretipati? Kreti, she kortim divrahem. Because they slice their words. Pilati, she muflim bedivrahem. That they're, they're amazing in their words. That's why they're called Kretipati. So when you see archers and swordsmen, it's referring to those archers and swordsmen in the Torah battles. After that, they went to the Sar Tzavalamelech, which is Yoav. Amar Vitzchak Parada. Now we're already up. To the second part of our class. Six, no. Six lines from the top. Oh, yeah, thank you. We are six lines from the top. Amar Bitzchak Parada. Ve'amrila Amar Bitzchak Parada of Idi. Maikra. What's the pasuk that tells us that David got up early? It says, Ura Kevodi, Ura Hanevel Vechinor. Ura Kevodi means awaken my glory. Ura. Hanevel v'chinor, right? Awaken my nevel and my harp. Aida shachar, I'll wake up. I'll awake in the morning. What does that mean? Aida says Rashi, Al techab dani b'shina kishar melachim, meaning that David Amelach didn't didn't want to become like a regular king. We mentioned before that regular kings they wake up very very late. David is not like that. He says, I want to. I want to, Ura Kevodi, wake up my glory. My glory, I don't want to have glory. Rather, wake me up. Regular king says, don't wake me up. And David and Melch says, wake me up. Ura Kevodi. Aida Shachar, I will wake up the morning. I don't have the morning wake me up. I wake up the morning. Aida Shachar, I get up even before the morning. That's David and Melch. Okay? Reb Zera Amar, Moshe Le'olam Havayada. Reb Zera disagrees with the previous statement. We said before that Moshe did not know when Chatzot is. According to Rav Zera, Moshe did know when Chatzot is. And they both knew. Now, how would they know? My assumption is they know because of the, the fact of their Nivyut. They're, they're both, the Ruach HaKodesh is going to tell them when Chatzot is. But, says the Lamale. So if David was able to tell when Chatzot is, so what's the point of having this harp hanging over his bed? 
says the Gemara, that harp is there to wake him up. It's, it's an alarm clock. It's not there, not there to tell, according to what we said before, <laughs> the harp was there in order to, he should know when is Chatzot. Even if he was up, he needed the harp because the wind would come specifically at Chatzot and that would wake him up. According to this noob shot, no, the harp is not there to tell him when Chatzot is. He knows good and well when Chatzot is. So Rather, like the donkey butt. Huh? Didn't we say yesterday he never went to sleep? That was before Chatzot. That was before Chatzot. So he needed, wouldn't need a harp to wake him up for if he really wasn't sleeping? Because he's dozing. Even in dozing, you need a harp. Good question. But I'll answer you and say that even when a person's dozing, when you hear the harp goes up, oh, now I have to get up like a lion. Because we said that Chatzot, he got up like a lion. I'm sorry? It's an alarm clock, right? Yes, it's an alarm clock. Says the So now we just told you that David knew. So now, if Moshe knew, why did he say kehatzot? Like we said before, Moshe said kehatzot instead of bechatzot. If Hashem told him bechatzot, let him say bechatzot. Says the Gemara. Moshe kasavar, Shem yitu atstinigine paro. Vimru Moshe badai hu. Not that Moshe didn't know. Of course, Moshe knew good and well when Chatzot was. But he's afraid that the astrologers of Paro, who don't know exactly when it is, they'll think that Chatzot Laila was sometime 15, 20 minutes before it happened. And then they'll say, Moshe is a liar. Look, it didn't happen at Chatzot. Now, if you ask me, I think this is a beautiful Musar. You see how foolish people are. You know, and Moshe Rabbeinu, he makes a call that, by the way, at midnight, exactly at midnight, uh, one-tenth of the population of Egypt is going to die, or maybe even more, one-fifth. Who knows how many Bechonim died. And after he says that, they all die. And sure enough, the, the, the astrologers say, yeah, but Moshe is a liar because it wasn't Chatzot. Big deal, Chatzot, not Chatzot. What happened to, let, let's say they're right, it happened ten minutes later. Who cares? He called it, he called it, they all died, well, he's off, but he's off for 15 minutes. If you're looking for an excuse to get away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, discredit. discredit HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you'll find anything. And this is a crazy, crazy, crazy rule that Moshe said, just to knock off the astrologers of Paro, who, when they're going to be off, they're going to mess up and they're going to ruin the, the entire lesson for Paro. Now, the lesson really isn't for Paro. The lesson is for Klai Yisrael. But even for Klai Yisrael, we want to make sure that the lesson is clear. Because the clearer the lesson is, the more we could learn from it. Yalla. Says the Gemara, we are now on the first wide line. Rav Ashi Amar. I'm sorry? So why wouldn't Hashem say Kechatot himself? Hashem wouldn't know this himself? Because Hashem doesn't make mistakes. It doesn't happen. No, but Hashem can assume that the... Subi is asking. Subi is asking. Let Hashem... Hashem is talking to Moshe. Moshe doesn't need that. He's being a messenger person. But Moshe doesn't need to... He's not going to question Hashem on the timing. Hashem doesn't need Moshe to change his words. Okay, so I'll explain to you that Hashem is telling Moshe... Very often Hashem will tell Moshe certain things, and Moshe is not supposed to say that to Just like we saw... Yes, we saw it already a different time. Now, Hashem told Moshe something for his information, and yet that not everything, Moshe is supposed to take that information and translate through his own words. Not, it's not, he's not supposed to be a tape recorder. He's supposed to use Hashem's words and put it the right way to Klai Yisrael or to whoever he's talking to. Wow. Okay? Uh, it happened, the other time it happened, I'm trying to think offhand, is when he sent Klai Yisrael, he, he told them that uh, I'm going to be with you in this Kalut, and I'll be with you in future Kaluts. Right? He says, Eheye Asher Eheye. And then he says, So you see that, why? Because Moshe, 
Aaron told Moshe, you're going to tell Bnei Yisrael, I'm not sure, I don't know Moshe, he's going to tell Bnei Yisrael about future galuts, this Hazaton, they're in the middle of this galut, don't tell them about galut, about galut uh, Bavel and all these other things. That's a, uh, Moshe said, yes, I'm only telling them, uh, even though Hashem told me, eh, yeah, shir, eh, yeah, the Jews who are Hazaton in galut, I'm only telling them, eh, yeah. so you see that not everything Hashem says is supposed to be forwarded verbatim. Okay, let me. Rav Ashi Amar, first word line. Bipalga urta titlesar negi abesa havekai. He says, he says, Bipalga Moshe was standing in the middle of the night, Bipalga in between the 13th and the 14th of Nisan. This is what Moshe was telling Jews. Which means Moshe was 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 when Moshe told the thing to the Bnei Yisrael, he was standing at Chatzot. So when he said Kachatzot, he means that he doesn't. He's not trying to make it vague. He's trying to say Kachatzot, like tonight Chatzot, tomorrow night. So if he was talking the night before, exactly 24 hours before, he says, Kachatzot. He's not saying, Bechatzot. He's not trying to vague it. He's just saying, like this Chatzot. That's the answer of Rav Ashi to get out of the question. Okay. Says the Gemara, two dots. Three lines in the wide lines. Pasuk says, this, you'll see how this Pasuk, this Pasuk connects in a minute. Le David, Shomra nafshi ki chasid ani. David says, Please, Hashem, please guard my soul because I am a righteous man. Um, it's interesting. I saw Pnei Yeshua, which is going to fit in very well. Pnei Yeshua says that the reason why David is saying, I'm a Hasid, which one would think that uh, a, a big rabbi saying, I'm a Hasid, seems odd. But the word Hasid over here, by the way, of course, does not refer to a guy with long peot. Word Hasid means the person who's following Hashem's rays very, very closely. For a per- normally, it's very presum- presumptuous for a person to call himself a Hasid. Welcome, Shlomo. But, um, but for David Amelech, the reason why he's saying this here is because as follows. Listen to Bnei Yeshua. Bnei Yeshua says that when Shemuel Navi came to Bnei Yisrael and told them they're going to have a king, you, the Jews want to have a king like another nation, Shemuel tells them that if you want to be kings like another nation, I'm going to end up destroying you and your king. So David, in this following Pesukim, is trying to show, I'm not a king like the other nations. I'm a chassid. And therefore, please guard my soul. Don't do to me what you told Shemuel, you're going to kill the Jewish king if they want to be like other nations. Because look, I'm nothing like the other nations. And we'll see what, how he's saying this in a minute. But if you understand that context, that David is trying to differentiate himself from the other kings in order that he should not get killed, it fits very nicely. He's not saying chassidani because he's asking for something special. He's just saying, please don't kill me. Okay? Okay. Levi v'Rbitzchak, machloket tintu amoraim. Levi and Rbitzchak. Chad Amar one says, Kach Amar David lefnei Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Ribono shel Olam, lo chasid ani. Am I not a chasid? Shekol malchem zrachu marav. All the kings of the world, whether they're in the east or the west, yishenim at shalosh shaot. They sleep until the third hour of the day, as we mentioned. The third hour of the day, as mentioned before. V'ani chatzot laila akum lehodot lach. The next pasuk is. 
that I get up in the middle of the night to, right, to praise Hashem. Ve'idach, and what about the other uh, the other rabbi? We don't know which rabbi says what, but Levi and Yitzchak are the two rabbis. He says, "Kach Amar David Nechlashu Rivroshalam Lo Hasidani Shekol Malchem Ezrachum Ma'arav." All the kings of east and west, your stream agudot agudot bechvodam. They sit in groups and groups in their glory. Vani, me, I don't sit on a high throne. I get involved in halachic questions and even halachic questions that actually belittle myself. I do it for you. Vani yadai meluchlechot badam. My hands get dirty with blood, the blood of a woman who are nida, and they bring the blood to David to see if the blood makes them tameh or not. Shfir and shilya are the embryonic sac and placenta, which also sometimes can, if a woman has it, sometimes she can be tameh or not tameh. And David is touching these things even though it's not so, uh, not so nice. But he's busy with doing them to try to mitaher kla Yisrael. In the olden days, it was very, very relevant because they not only was it a question whether they were mutar to their husbands, but it's also a question whether or not they are tameh and they could touch tinuma or other holy things. And David was busy answering questions like this while other kings were sitting in their royal robes. Look what I'm doing. In order to make a woman tahor to her husband. Not only that. I also belittle myself even further, save my life, because I don't act like a king. I don't act like a regular king. I, I get rid of my glory for you. In what way? Whenever David ruled something, he would ask Mifi Boshit, who was the machloket if he's the son of Shaul or the grandson of Shaul, but he would ask Mifi Boshit, and by a king asking a question, it's very, very unroyal to ask a question, because by asking a question, you're showing that you might not know something. Most kings make a decision, they don't care if they're right or wrong, they stick to it no matter what it is. But David HaMelech, he would ask everything Mephiboshet first. Mephiboshet Rabbi, to my Rabbi Mephiboshet. And I would say to him, Mephiboshet Rabbi, Yafeh Danti? Did I judge correctly? Yafeh Chiyavti? Yafeh Zikiti? Did I correctly uh, did exonerate or, 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 or make guilty? Did I say Tamer or Tahor correctly? I wasn't embarrassed to ask a common person and a non-king whether I was right, even though I did it publicly. What's the pasuk that shows that? David says, And I will speak. I will speak about your words in front of kings. And I won't be embarrassed. Tana. We learned to the Brighta. Now this Brighta is brought down because it's funny that David is saying Rabbi. Why is he calling his Rebbe by his name? Although others say you're allowed to say your Rebbe's name if you say Mifiboshit Rabbi, that should be okay. But the Gemara is saying now, Tana, Lo Mifiboshit Shimo. His name actually wasn't Mifiboshit, that was a nickname. Ela Ishboshit. Others say it should be something else. Ishbot or Ishba. Different look at what this gear says. Ishboshit Shimo. So why, where did he get the name Mephiboshet? Because he would embarrass David in Halakha. Often he would contradict David, and that would be embarrassing. So he's called Mephiboshet because from his mouth came embarrassment. 
Therefore, David had the zechut, and who came out of him? None other than his uh, grandson, Kilav. His real name is Daniel. I don't believe it could be. What? David's. Because he wasn't. Because David was not stichy. Was not embarrassed. To embarrass himself. Hashem made a zechut that he had a grandson come out of him called Kilav, who ended up being even bigger than Mephiboshet. Which we'll see in a second. Okay? Really, his name wasn't Kilav, it was Daniel. I don't believe it's our Daniel. Our Daniel, that in Sefer Daniel, uh, was there at the time of the destruction of the first Beit HaMikdash. So, uh, and even almost to the building of the second Beit HaMikdash. So, a little hard to say it's David's grandson. David is way, way before that. But perhaps it is. It doesn't say. Why is God Kilav? Because he would embarrass me if he on him, Shilomo said in his wisdom, Bini, my son, if your heart is wise, I'm also happy. If you're wiser than me, I'm happy. I want my son to be wiser than me, and I'm proud of my son being wise. And therefore, David got this reward that Kilab came out of him. And I will return the embarrassment of things. Now says the Gemara. Okay, so far we did. Did David know Chatzot? And we did why Hasid? And we did why does he call himself a Hasid? That's what we have to. We did so far one, two, and three. We're still only, we're only half, already halfway through the class. Let's see if we can get moving over here. Big daf. Says the Gemara. And we're, so far, every day we're falling a drop a little, a little further behind. We have to see if we can reverse that trend today. Says the Gemara, "V'David, mi karai Hasid? Did David really call himself a Hasid? How could he do that? V'aktiv doesn't it say, manti Hashem? David says, "I wish I could see the good of Hashem in Olam Haba." So David is not even sure if he has Olam Haba. So how can he say he's calling himself a Hasid if he's not even sure he's getting Olam Abba? Good. Says the Gemara, Meshmed Reb Yossi, Lama Nekud Al-Lule, Amar David, why is there dots on the word Lule? Amar David, Fnei Kodesh Baruch Hu, Reb Rosh Al-Olam, Muftah Ani Becha, Sha'atam Mishlem Zchatov L'Sadikim Lati Davo. I trust you that you're going to give a good reward to the righteous in the next world. But I'm not sure if I'm one of those righteous people, Imlav or not. Perhaps sin will cause me to lose. Answer the Gemara, Kid Rabbi Yaakov Bar Idi. Rabbi Yaakov Bar Idi asks a contradiction on two Pesukim. So, sorry, so the answer to that question was that, yes, David knew he was a Hasid, but he was worried, Shema Yigrom Hachet. Perhaps the sins that he might do could cause him to lose out his Olam Abba. So again, the question is, is David, did David call himself a chassid? How can he call himself a chassid if he's not sure he's getting a lot Answer, yes, he knows he's technically a chassid, but you never, no, a person never knows when, um, when, um, when, when a, a, a sin could cause him to lose out. And we're going to bring another proof to that from Yaakov Avinu, which we all know uh, in Parshav Yetzir right now. Kedir Yaakov Bar'idi. Can I bother you, Eliyahu, for another one? Like Rav Yaakov Bar Idi. Rav Yaakov Bar Idi, Ramik Tivi, he has two cuisine. 
את השם תולד יעקב, והנה אנוכי עמך, ושמרתיכי בכל אשר תלך. He says, I'm going to be with you, and I'll watch you everywhere you go. ויכתיב, it also says, וירא יעקב מאוד. יעקב was very scared. Why would he be very scared if Hashem said he's with him? Amar, Shema Yegrom Achet. Again, he's also worried, perhaps, the sins that he did could cause him to lose Hashem's protection. Kedetanya, Ad Ya'avor Amechah Shem. The Pasuk says, Ad Ya'avor Amechah Shem. Right? Ad Ya'avor Amzu Kanita. Until your people pass Hashem, until the people who you acquired pass. Ad Yavor Amcha Hashem. When it says, until your people pass, that's referring, that's referring to the Jews going to Israel in the time of Yahushua Benun. During that time, the Jews had many, many miracles. The miracles were that the sea, the Yarden split, and all sorts of miracles happened. Ad Yavor Amcha Amzu Kanita. This is the second time the Jews went back to Israel when they came back in the time of Daniel and Ezan Nehemiah. From here, the rabbi said, Really, the Jews had the righteousness that they should have had open miracles when they came back for the second Bet HaMikdash, just like they had for the first Bet HaMikdash. But because there were sins in those days, it caused them to lose this reward that they had to come back without the miracles that happened the first time. They came back, they rebuilt the Beit HaMikdash, but they were still under the thumb of, uh, of this uh, um, leadership. the leadership of the king Ahashdashta, whatever his name was. Okay. Okay, we're at the two dots now on the bottom of the page. And we're going back to our Mishnah again. <coughs> That was a nice little uh, interu- interruption of a story of David Melech. And now, we're back to our Mishnah. If you remember now, Mishnah, let's go back for a second, if you don't mind, to remind ourselves of the words of Mishnah. The Mishnah says the following. At what time can we read the Shema in the evening? And we said, Until the end of the first Ashmura, David Abiyazir says the first Ashmura. So three opinions. Either the first Ashmura, or until Chatzot, or until Amud HaShachar. Now the Gemara is going to ask a very, very interesting question now, which we'll need to explain. Says the Gemara, Who do they hold like the Chachamim, really? If they hold like a Beliezer, Svirlu, Lemel Kabezer. So let them say the first the first Ashmura. Vi Kiraban Gamliel, flip the page. Svirlu, if they hold like a ban gamliel, lemru, let them say Kiraban Gamliel. Now this question needs work. After all, we know that the Chachamim have their own license and they don't have to go like anyone. So if the Mishnah says that there's three opinions, why is the Gemara saying if they hold like a realizer, let them say like a realizer? And if they hold like a Chachamim, say like a Chachamim. What are you talking about? What's needed? Uh, I like neither of them. We hold chatzot. You didn't hear what we said? They said Ashmuna Dishuna. We say chatzot. He says, uh, What are you talking about? And the Gemara is like, Well, if you hold like a realizer, say so. No, I don't like either of them. The answer is like this The Pasuk says, Beshoch Bechab Kumecha. Now, Beshoch Becha, when you lay down, could have two connotations. One connotation is when people lay down to sleep. Or it could mean 
while you're sleeping. The whole time you're sleeping. If it means when you lay down, we understand that people only go to sleep, not nowadays, nowadays, like I told you, electric lighting changed things. But in the olden days, when it's, when it's when the first three hours of the night or the first whatever hours of the night, that's the time when people lay down to sleep. After that, people are already sleeping, not laying down to sleep. So if you hold the word shokhbecha, means laying down, so then the whole like Rabbi Eliezer. And if you hold the word shokhbecha, means while you're sleeping, so then the whole like Rabban Gamliel. But this opinion that you have of Chatzot is neither here nor there. So therefore they're asking, who do you hold like in the Pasuk of Bishok Pecha? Got it? Good. Let's see, the, let's see the answer of the Gemara now. It says the Gemara on the top of Dal Ramubet. Le'olam really, Kiraban Gamliel Sfiradu. He holds like Rabban Gamliel. So he really holds that you can go to Amur Shachan. Vahad Ka'amri Ad Chatzot. And this that we said to the Chatzot. That is only to distance a person from doing a sin. A sin would be, by the way, to miss Kriyat Shema. Kedetanya, you with me, Carl? The rabbis made a fence around their words. Yes, it's a big fence. It's a fence of six. It's a six-hour fence. Because we don't want a guy to come back home from the field. And I think this is to answer Mikey's question. Why such a big fence? person shouldn't come from the field in the evening. And say, I'm going to go to my house. I'll eat a little bit. I'll have a drink. I'll take a little nap. And then I'll say and pray. And then the sleep will grab him. And he'll sleep the whole night. And the next thing you know, it'll be morning. Rather, that's what we're worried about. So that's why we make such a big fence. Because sleeping is involved. And that's the answer to Mikey's question. A big fence is not necessary because sleep is a very, very common thing. Very how prevalent. How sing until Chatzot can help that? Okay, well, let, let's see this. Aval, Adam Rather, we have a new system for you. Adam Guy comes from the Sadeh in the evening. He comes into the shul. Okay. If he's usual to read, right? So let him read. If he knows to do Mishnah, let him learn. Then he reads Kriyat Shema. And then he prays. He eats his bread. And he makes Brikat Mazon. And anyone who goes against the words of the rabbis, he's Chayav Death. Now, this idea of going against the rabbi being chayav death is not meant in a literal sense. You cannot shoot somebody who doesn't say Kiryat Shema of the evening. So, Carl, put away the shotgun. We're not going to kill anyone now. Okay? What it means over here is as follows. It means that, uh, in general, anyone who ignores the statements of the Chachamim is separating himself from life. There's a Gemara that says, Rabbi Akiva was in the jail, and they brought him water every day. He used to, used to have to wash and have to drink. 
And next day they brought him, the, the, for some reason, the guy, the Romans saw him have water. He said, what are you bringing so much water? Are you trying to make a tunnel? And he spilled half of it and gave it back to him. So he told his students, he said, what are you bringing so little water? I need the water. I'm not feeling well. And the student told him, no, they spilled it out. So he says, I'm going to use it for, for, for a dime. He says, what are you using a dime for? He says, you, you need to drink it. And he says, no, any person who stays away from the words of Hamim is Chayav Mita. Now, what he, what he means is, is that you have to connect to the Any person who leaves the Chachamim is Ra'ui to be Chayav Mita. It doesn't mean you actually you shoot the guy. But it means that if, if you ignore statements of the rabbis, and if I, don't, I don't want to start at the end of my life ignoring statements of the rabbis because I want to connect myself to, to life. The, yeah, be, connecting to the rabbis is life. And therefore, he felt I'm not going to die. And therefore, if I'm not going to die, I want to make sure that I don't separate myself from the takana of the rabbis to wash his hands. Similarly here, a person who starts going to sleep and taking naps, when he gets home, he's disconnecting himself from the rabbis, and that's, uh, it's like Yechayim Mita. doesn't mean you should actually shoot the guy. Says the Gemara, how come always by every Dirabanan we don't say Chayab Mita? If, like I told you, every time you do a Dirabanan, you're really separating yourself from the rabbis, so you're Chayab Mita. So how come only here we mention Chayab Mita and every other Dirabanan we don't say that? Says the Gemara, Some, either if I want, I could tell you over here, since you're likely to go to sleep, we have to scare you more. So we scare you and mention this this subject that Yechayav Mita over here because we know that people get very tired when they come home from a long day of selling cell phones. And therefore, they need to make sure that you don't make a mistake. So we tell you Yechayav Mita so you don't go to sleep without it. V'yibayit Eima, another possible answer. We want to just tell you that Yechayav to say Arbit because there is an opinion out there that holds that Arbit is optional. And therefore, we're going to see. And Kriyat Shema is part of Arbit. Correct, but we usually get that done in Arbit. Most people get their Chiyuv in Arbit, assuming you pray Arbit in the right time. If you pray Arbit early, like we do, then you have a second Kriyat Shema. But if you pray Arbit in the correct time, then you get it done in, in, in your Arbit. And therefore, we're coming to tell you that Yechayav to say Arbit. Go to Shul, read a little bit, then say Arbit in the right time, and then you can go home. Good. Now we have this chart over here that's going to help us with the next Gemara. We're now at, so far, we did, if you look at the thing, we did Dezavi no Chatzot, we did Why Chasid, we did Why he comes of a Chasid, we did Ema Gigroma Chet, we said maybe how, maybe Chet could make you lose your Zahut of being a Chasid. We said, oops, lost that guy. Ralph, your strength is not doing good. Okay. We said, then we start, then we start talking about Chatzot. Now, we want to know, do the Chachamim hold like a Bielez or a Bangamiel? We spoke about that. Do they have to hold like a Bangamiel? We said, why they have to hold like each one? We bought a Brita. Hold on. As, as a proof. Right? A Brita is a proof. That Brita we just saw now. The Brita of the, you come home and you can eat a little bit and then go to sleep. And that was a proof that. You have to do it? Okay, good. And why Chayab Mita here? And we said why why mentions over here Chayabita in this Brita and not other places. Now we're up to number five. Okay. Amar Mor, the rabbi said, Kore Kriyat Shema Umit Palel. 
right now the Gemara is picking on the words of the Brighta. The Brighta that was brought as a proof before, that we said before, mentioned that you say Kiryat Shema and then you say Amidah. And the Gemara is saying that that seems to indicate that you should say Kiryat Shema before the Amidah in Arbit, which is, by the way, what we all do, of course. But it seems like it's not so clear that you're supposed to do Kiryat Shema before the Amidah of Arbit. There are some rabbis who hold that you don't say Kiryat Shema before the Amidah of Arbit. Rather, you say Kiryat Shema after the Amidah of Arbit. And let's see what's going on here. Amar Mor, the rabbi, said, It says, you say Kiryat and then you pray. This right there is a proof to Rav Yochanan we have over here. Okay? Here we have a little chart with Rav Yochanan and Rav Yeshua ben Levi. Okay? Let's go. Says the Gemara. Which person is a Ben This is a person who connects Ga'al Yisrael to Tefillah to the Amidah of Arbit. If you put Ga'al Yisrael next to your Amidah, then you're a Ben Olam Abba. Okay? The, the connection of Ga'al Yisrael to Arbit to Amidah is very important because Ga'al Yisrael, we're thanking Hashem for leaving Mitzrayim and how Hashem saved us we, in front of the Yamsuf, we were about to get destroyed, about to get killed by the Egyptians, and then we ended up being at the, from the lowest point to the highest point, to the point where the, all the Egyptians are dead and we have all their money. It, it was like an a immediate switch. And we always want to mention that before the Amidah because we want to show how much power Hashem has. Look, Gal Yisrael, Hashem, you saved us in Mitzrayim. You were able to take us from the lowest to the big, now to the lowest to the highest point. Please do the same in our Amidah with, and answer our prayers in a similar vein. That's why Gal Yisrael is so powerful that many rabbis say that if you come to Shul and you're late, not like anyone around this class ever comes late, but let's, let's say, in other Shuls, let's say, that people come late. Um, it and you have a choice of connecting Ga'al Yisrael to the Amidah, or just jumping into Amidah and saying Ga'al Yisrael afterwards, it's more important to pray without the Minyan, and put Ga'al Yisrael next to the Amidah, rather than pray with the Minyan, because this powerfulness of connecting Ga'ulah to Tifilah is more, more important. Let's see the Gemara further. So the Gemara. Rabbi Yishuv ben Levi Omer, Tifilah be'em satiknum. He says, no, the Amidahs are always in the middle of the Kriyat Shemaz, which means like this. That Shachrit, you have Shema, then Amidah. Then you have Mincha, no Shemaz, and Mincha. Then you have Arbit, Amidah. And then afterwards, you have Shema. So you have a sandwich with Shema in the beginning, Shema at the end, and three Amidahs in the middle. It's a triple-decker Amidah sandwich with using Shema bread. Okay? <laughs> let's go. So let's see something about that. Now, what's their reasons? So again, so we have Rabbi Yochanan saying Kriyat Shema before Amidah, and Rabbi Shubh Levi saying Kriyat Shema after Amidah. Now we're going to go for the two possible reasons <coughs> for each one. The Gemara says, Ibayit Ema Svara, Ibayit Ema Kra. If I want, I can tell you the machloket between them is a logical machloket, and if I want, I can tell you that it's from a pasuk machloket. And we'll see it inside right now. So the Gemara. Ibayit Ema Kra, the Ibayit Ema Svara. I could tell you it's a pasuk, or I could tell you it's a svara. Ibayit ema svara. If I want, I could tell you it's a svara. Did it be itzchak savar geula meurta nami hava? Ela geula mealte lo hava ela atzafra. 
Machloket is about the Jews leaving Mitzrayim. When the Jews left Egypt, the Paro told them they could leave in the middle of the night, as we all know from the story of him in his pajamas. So Paro in the middle of the night told them that they could leave. But they didn't really have Geula until the morning. So Rabbi Yochanan says, Geula started in the evening, and therefore... Arbit, which is an evening prayer, also needs Geula next to Tefillah, because there is such a concept of Geula at night, because Paro gave him permission at night, even though they didn't actually leave till the morning, but there is a, a Geula concept at night. And Rabbi Shulam Levi holds, yes, of course they got permission, but since they didn't leave till the morning, there's only Geula Tefillah in the morning, and therefore we put Gaiusel next to, next to uh, the Amidah only in the morning, but in the evening, where it's not a real one, Rabbi Shulam Levi says you don't have to do it. Why are we equating Ge'ulah to Shema? Yeah, Ge'ulah is not Shema. Well, if you hold... So that, like, oh. Thank you. If you hold that if you, if you hold that Shema goes before the Amidah, the reason why is because the order would be Shema, Ge'al Yisrael, Amidah. But if you hold Shema is after, is after the Amidah, then there's no Ge'al Yisrael included. The whole point... Shema goes into Ga'al Yisrael. You want to know why Shema goes before Ga'al Yisrael? Why, the, why, 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 why are they connected? Why, why do you need Ga'al Yisrael Ge'ula Shema? Why can't you have them in the family? Exactly. I think they could... Amidah then Shema. That's a question. You're saying just do Ga'al Yisrael? Yeah, why does it connect it to Shema? Shema does talk about Mitzrayim. Shema talks about Mitzrayim. Okay, so... You're asking a question on the Svarah one. The Kra'ah one is going to be okay with you. Your question is only question on the Svarah. I don't have an answer to your question. I hear your question better. Than, I like your question better than my answer, but it seems like they're um, they are connecting the two of them somehow. I guess because they're together in the thing, but I'm not sure why. Okay. The ebite ema, and if I want, I could tell you kra. I could tell you it's pasuk. How do I tell you pasuk? Thank you. Vishnehem darshu. Not only is it a pasuk, but both the rabbis use the same pasuk to teach each one their own thing. Fourth wide line. Okay, fourth one line down. as it says, It says when you sleep and when you arise. We're connecting going to sleep to waking up. Just like when you wake up. You have to have and then Also when you go to sleep, now so he holds, uh, they, everyone agrees that we're connecting Shokhbecha to Kumecha. And we're all agreeing that the Kumecha is real Gerula, so you're going to have for sure Gaisa first. We're saying, according to the first rabbi, which is Rabbi Yochanan, we're saying that just like Kriyat Shema is Gerula first, so too Shokhbecha uh, so should be Kima first. And this rabbi is going to say, well, Kumecha is such a given. Kumech is a given, of course, because that's when, cause I'm assuming because everyone, since the Jews got out in the morning, in the morning okay? We're connecting sleeping to waking up. Just like when you wake up, we put Kriyat Shema right next to when you get out of bed. So too, when you go to sleep, you want Kiryat Shema right next to your bed. So you want to have a sandwich with... 
What? I'm sorry? It doesn't talk about Geulah at all. He's not connected to Geulah in this one. According to Bishu and Levi, the Kra is not a Geulah connection. The idea of the Kra is just like when you wake up in the morning, right? You do Kriyat Shema when you get out of bed, right? So, too, when you go to sleep, you want to do Kriyat Shema right before bed. You don't want to have anything in between that. That's the, the Kra. You have time to say Kriyat Shema in the morning. You don't must say right when I. I don't must say it right when I wake up. So just like I have time in the morning, I have a couple of hours to say Kriyat So to I know that I should technically have a few I, hours I think to what say. we're saying here, I hear what you're saying, Mike, but I think what we're saying here is just like. <laughs> we're assuming that you're just saying a regular Chiyuv in the Tifila. And you're not saying Kriyat when you get up in the morning. But in the Tifila, the order should be the sandwich, which is Kriyat three Amidas, and then Kriyat in order to have next. Sleep, your sandwich. And then okay, sleep, sleep again. Sleep again. Okay. Mativ Mor Beredi Ravino. We are now, how many lines down, uh, Mike? Uh, seven. Seven lines down in the, wide line, in the middle lines. Mativ Mor Beredi Ravino. The Mishnah is going to say later, we mentioned this already before, this Mishnah. In the evening, we make two Berachot Two before and two afterwards. Now, says the Gemara, "Vi amit ba'elismoch ha lo kasamik gulal tevila da ba'elamim hashkivenu." We have to say hashkivenu, and you're not doing gal Yisrael next to the next to Yamida. So it's a question on Rabbi Yochanan. How could you say Rabbi Yochanan that we say uh, we don't do the sandwich? You see, if if we don't do the sandwich, you're saying that we do Gal Yisrael right before we die. We have to have it right next to each other. Samuch Gulal Tefila. What are you talking about? Uh, what about Ashkivenu? Ashkivenu is in between, it's and it's not right next to each other. Amri, the Gemara answers. Since the rabbis instituted Ashkivenu, it's the rabbis instituted Ashkivenu. It's like a long Geula. I saw someone explain the reason why it's like a long Geula is because the Bnei Yisrael in the desert, in the in Mitzrayim, were nervous that the plagues, the Makot, will go on them. And therefore they prayed to Hashem to save them from all plagues. So Ashkivenu, Avinu Shalom, is asking us that we shouldn't have the plagues come on us. Since that came through Mitzrayim, it's all part of Geulah, that's all part of the Gal Yisrael from Mitzrayim, is praying that we should have Shalom. That's why they want to say it's Geulah, now the Gemara wants to prove. How can I prove that you can have long things? That other things can be attached to Geulah. Even in the morning when you have to have Ga'a Yisrael next to it. How do you do it? Didn't Rabbi Yochanan say, In the beginning you say, In the end you end up with the Torah. And how can you say, Hashem if it's a a, a breakup, part of the thing, we know it's not really part of Amidah. Elahata, what are you going to say over there? We're saying if Hashem said Hashem that's an extension of my tefillah. It's a way to pray, right? It's an extension of Geulah. Just like you, if if you see that the rabbis can extend tefillah. They also can extend Geulah with Hashkivenu. And that's what the Gemara is saying now. We're now at the two dots. Amar Rabbi Elazar. Amar Rabbi Avina. 
Okay, so far, what we did so far is, let's get this out of here. Did, do Kriyat Shema um, before or after the Amidah of Arbit, Machloka Rabbi Yochanan Mishub and Nevi, and now we asked the question on Rabbi Yochanan, and now we're going to discuss something else that gets you to Olam Abba once we mentioned it. Says the Gemara. Amar Rabbi Azar, Amar Rabbi Avina. Kol HaOmer Tehilal David Bechol Yom Shalosh Pramim, Muftach Lo, Shuben HaOlam Abba. Anyone who says Ashtay Yishuvetecha, which has Tilal David is the next Pasuk, he is guaranteed to be an Olam Ben Olam Abba. Three times. Three times. The way you say it three times is if you say it once in Pesukezim, huh? once before Balasion, and once at Minha. Now, the Ben Ishchai says, the way you get, become a Ben Olam Abba is because there's a Sigula by saying these things It'll protect you from doing Averot, which will take away your Olam Which means this is actually Sigula, saying Ashtay three times Sigula to avoid Averot. Sometimes people, they're in a rush. Sigula. According to Ben that's how it works. Other rabbis say differently. According to Ben it's Sigula to avoid Averot, they can make you lose your Olam Okay? And, um, and it's a, it's an uh, amazing idea. This idea. Sometimes people come to shul and they're late. They just jump into the amidah. And, okay, ashnei, whatever, whatever it is. Or they're in a rush and they kiss shul early and they don't make sure to catch up ashnei. Ashnei is very important, and you definitely want to catch it up. So if I say, if you say, if I say you miss it and you say it three times throughout the day, that still counts. Sounds like it should still count. Sounds like it should. So it says the Gemara, Hacha my timer. No, I'm What's the reason? What's so powerful about Tilal David? It has the Aleph Bet. Is it because it has the Aleph Bet, which we know that there's a special power to use things that are done in the Aleph Bet? So say the Tilim of Ashretim Yedarech, the Ita Betimna Alfi Apin. Why don't you say Ashretim Yedarech, which has. Eight different uh, alphabets. El mishum di it be poteach et yadecha. Is it because says Hashem opens his hands and gives everyone what they need? Is that the powerful thing? That we realize that all our good things comes from Hashem. Poteach et yadecha matzvah cholcharatzon. Name a halel gadol. If so, we can say halel gadol. Halel gadol is the halel that we say right before Baruch Shemar. Okay, on Shabbat, a little halel before we say. Right? It says Hashem gives lechem to kolbasar. That also has the same power. The reason why Hashem is so powerful, it's got both things. It's got the aleph bet plus potech which makes it so powerful that it has a sigula, according to Ben Shchai, that it takes you, that it gets you averot away from averot that don't make you lose your alamaba. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, How come Ashre has an Aleph Bet, the whole thing? Once we're on the subject of having the Aleph Bet and all the letters, hey, what's going on? It happens to be Noon is missing from Ashre. I never realized. Yeah, take a look. You never realized, but it's true. Because the Noon indicates the downfall of those who hate the Jews. By the way, whenever you see the word those who hate the Jews, it always refers to the Jews. 
but we don't want to talk about Chasvashom, downfall of Jews. So we, we, we talk about it in Lashon, Sagi Nahor, which means backwards talk. Because it has the downfall of the enemies of the Jews, Yani, the downfall of the Jews. Right? Dechtif, how do we know that noon is a pasuk that indicates the downfall of the Jews, that, which is why we eject it from Ashneh? Dechtif, because it says, Nafla lotosif kum, bitulat Yisrael. Nafla, she will fall and she will not get up the bitulah of Yisrael. That's one opinion. In, that's what they say in Babel. In the West, Yani, in Israel, they explain why the lack of the noon. Hachi, like this. Nafla she will fall and she will not continue to fall anymore. Since it talks about Nefila, they take it out. Amar of Nachman by Yitzchak. Afilu Hachi, of Nachman Yitzchak says, even though we took out and we mentioned Nefila, Chazal of David Vesamchan Beruah HaKodesh. David with his Ruah HaKodesh decided to resupport, even though we fall. And it, the, the noon is think, mentioning the falling of the Jews. The next masuk, David was somechet. He really supported again. How did he do it? Shnei mar somech Hashem lechol anoflim. The next masuk continues with somech Hashem lechol anoflim. That David is indicating, Hashem, please support all those who are who have fallen. Let's just review what we did today. Okay, in review, Rabotai. We're, we're ending, oh, holy, we're ending about six lines from the bottom. Two dots. Two, as a two dots. Today, today's subject was, number one, did David know when Chatzot was? One opinion was, no, he did not know when Chatzot was. And therefore, he had a, he, he had a harp. Otherwise, yes, he does know when Chatzot was, and Moshe also knew when Chatzot was. Harp was an alarm. And the, the, the harp is an alarm clock, and Moshe Rabbeinu, didn't knew when Chatzot was, but he said because he's worried about those evil astrologers of Paro who are going to put down everything they see. Well, they, they, by the way, those guys already had a history. They did it by Dam and, and Svadeya. They also imitated it and said it was a joke. Why Chassid? Why do we say, what, David saying he's a Chassid? How do I know I'm a Chassid? What did he do to be a Chassid? Some say that he, what he did to be a Chassid was he was busy with the blood. Some say what he did to be a Chassid was that he would, would wake up early. Would wake up, question his judgment also with the blood, that's the blood. Yeah. Uh, or that he would wake up early while all the other kings are sleeping really late. Uh, why, why would he call himself a chassid? Does he, I thought he thought he doesn't know, because I thought he thought he's not sure if he's getting to Lamaba. And we answered maybe Chet will cause a problem. Then we spoke about Yaakov Avinu, okay. how he was also scared because of Groma Chet. Then we mentioned... We want to know, do Chachamim hold like Rabbi Eliezer or Rabban Gamliel? When it comes to, when they say Hasot, do they really agree with Shok being uh, go to sleep or while you're sleeping? We have a Brita, which was brought as a proof, that says that the rabbis really are worried that maybe you'll go to sleep, maybe you'll fall asleep. Because the Brita mentions, if you go home and you eat a little bit and you sleep a little bit, you'll end up, uh, falling asleep and forgetting. So it sounds like it's only, it's not a halakha, it's just we're afraid you won't make it to the morning. I don't, think, I don't know if I pointed that the first time I mentioned it. Okay? Then we have, we mentioned why it mentions chiyuv mitah here. Two opinions of why it mentions chiyuv mitah. Either mentioned the chiyuv mitah because sleeping is very commonplace, or 
because so you don't say I beat the shoot. Thank you, Avi. Very good. Um, number five, we said. Is Kriyat Shema before or after Amida of Arbit? Two opinions of Yochanan, who says that it was before Amida, and Rabbi Shuvah Levi said it was after. Then we had the question on Rabbi Yochanan, from what? What was the question we asked on Rabbi Yochanan? From Hashkivenu. If you say Gal Yisrael has to be right next to Amida, then what are you going to do? Hashkivenu is a block. Right. Good. And we, the answer, what we answered that? We answered that geula. it's extended Geula, and we proved it from Hashem Sotay Tiftach, which is extended Tefillah. Then we have Ashreh, three times gets you Olam Abba, and what's so special about Ashreh? Because it has the Aleph Bet, Tehel Puteh Yadecha. Yala Brucha, Amen, Amen.